All right, 9.30, I've got a request for you guys. And here's the request, and it is just a request. This service is outpacing the growth of our other services. In fact, this service, some of you guys are like going, we got to get in here. Some of you guys put stuff down. It's like, I want to make sure I get my seat, you know, kind of a thing. And, and, and I want you to know, if, if, if that causes stress for you, we've got two other services that you could go to. And so I want you to know our, our 11 o'clock, you know, we actually, on average, we have about 100 more people campus-wide at 11 o'clock, I mean at 9.30, than what we do at 11. And so some of you guys, I realize it's not going to work. Some of you guys are even going, well, hey, I'm on the Dream Team, and I serve that hour. I can't be, that, I'm not asking everybody, but I'm just asking, would you consider switching, if it works for you, and you're just coming here because you're like, hey, I just do 9.30. But if 11 o'clock works for you, or, or again, remember, we have a Monday night, 7 o'clock service. And so we would love for you to come to that and check on that one as well. And so just would you just consider that? And I'm just going to kind of leave that there. And I'm not going to bribe you. Just going to leave that there and let you know that, that if you were to be doing that, you would actually help us create more balance, especially with our children's ministry, but also to make it to where there's a little bit more room in here as people keep coming and checking out Crosspoint. So... That's what I want to share with you with there. Now let's get back into what we actually all were. Hey, I didn't come here to hear that. But you came here to hear, hey, I, I, want, to, I want to know, what, how can I be growing? And how can I be, 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 be participating in what God has for me? And if you've been with us at all so far this year, that, that you know that we're in this series called One Another. And that, that this whole One Another series, it's about looking at the, these one another's that we find in our New Testament. Because in our New Testament, this appears a hundred times, this whole one another, what we should be doing to one another, to each other, how we shouldn't be treating each other. And so we've been looking and exploring some of these different teachings. And as we look at these teachings, these teachings, they can transform our lives and our society. That if we would one another each other, that the way that we find instruction in our New Testament... We really could. We, we could transform our own lives, but we could also begin to transform society. That's how powerful these are. I, when I think about it, I think about this. E even, if, even if it was just the Christians, and, and by the way, I, I think that there are some people that they're not Christ followers, and they want another better than some of us Christians do. I, they just do. But, but even if it was just the Christ followers that, that took this to heart, and said, I, I want to do this one another. I, I want to I live in the way that, that I'm being instructed to. That if we were to do this, I, I think that it would cause Christianity to be irresistible. That, that, that there are people that are going, no, I don't want to have anything to do with that. That, that whole church thing, that, that Christian thing, that Jesus thing. It's because they're seeing more judgment from us than they're seeing love from us. And, and, and if we would do this one another the way that we've been instructed... I really do. I, I believe it would make Christianity a whole lot more irresistible. So we've been looking at some of these so far. We started with looking at encourage one another. That, that we would just be, that we would take the time, we would take that, we would encourage one another. And you don't have to have the gift of encouragement to give the gift of encouragement. This is an area that, that I've grown in. I know because I don't have this gift. But, but I've, I've grown in it. It's interesting because since, since I've been teaching this, I've actually had some people that have been around me for several years, people that are part of Crosspoint, that have been texting me, that have been emailing me, that, that have just been having a, a quick conversation with me and saying, you know, well, I, I really 
you're right. I, I do see it, and you, you are doing that. And I'm not saying that to, to try to make me look better. I'm saying that because I want you to know that every single one of us, is. this is something we can be doing. We don't have to go, hey, that's just not who I've been, and that's why I can't be. We can. That we can encourage one another. We can, we can love one another. That that's another one of these instructions that we get, that, that we would love one another. And when it comes to this love, it, it, it's, it's difficult at times, right? Because see, love, it's not always logical. That, that sometimes we just look at it and go, I, I, I'm, I don't think I'm, you're worth loving. And I can justify all these reasons. Logic. No, no, we, we need to love each other. It's not always logical. That, that when we look at love, it's, it's, it's not always emotional. That, that we, don't, we don't have a touchy-feely you know, warmth to it whenever we love. It's not always there. It's not always practical. This thing that, hey, it's not convenient for me. It's not always practical. It's not always reciprocal. It doesn't always come back. But see, love, it's, it's always needed. That we need to be, be, we be people that we would pray for one another. That we would do this. And, and some of us were like, I, I'm, I'm not a spiritual giant, and so I really can't, I can't pray for each other. I, I can't do this. You don't have to be a spiritual giant to be somebody that you're praying for one another. In fact, if you will start praying for one another, what you're going to find is you're going to be drawn closer to God and you're going to grow more in your relationship with God. And that, that we would do this, that we would pray for one another. That, that some of us, we need to improve how we're letting other people know how they can be praying for us. That, that we don't, don't expect them to just read our mail and read our mind, but, but let people know how they can be praying for you. Then we looked at, at forgive Forgive one another. And when it comes to forgive one another, the one thing that I think most of us are tempted to do is we're tempted to preserve the pain and the anger and the bitterness from whatever that offense was. And we are, we're tempted to preserve this. That, that, that what we end up doing is we end up, we, we foster the hurt feelings. We just kind of coddle them and, and hold on to them and, and remind ourselves of them. We, we even replay over and over in our mind what that offense was, how somebody ended up hurting us and what they did to offend us. That we'll even be people that will entertain ways to get even. Some don't stop there. It's like, I'm going to entertain ways to get ahead. Because of that pain, that anger, that, that, that bitterness that we hold on to. That, that we, we do this and we just keep this fresh in our minds. What, we end up sharing the, the juicy details with others. That, that, that we just get so we've been there and we, we just tell them all the things of, of how we were wrong and how dare somebody behave this way. Even, even if they've asked for forgiveness, if they've apologized. Some of us are like, <laughs> not yet. Because I still have a few people I haven't shared the juicy details with. So you're going to have to hold on to that because then I'm going to feel bad that I did that. So no, no don't, don't apologize yet. Because we do. We'll just start sharing this. And then we hesitate. We, we hesitate to move on. And these are ways that we just, we just preserve it. We just keep it fresh. But we need, to, we need to let it go. And we need to forgive. So today we're going to get into our next one. And, and as I think about these, I, I really do believe that it, it would really transform our lives and transform our society. 
if, if we would follow these one another. So let me just jump into scripture right away. Ephesians chapter 5, we're going to start in verse 17. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. And don't just wander around aimlessly, but, but, but think about what the Lord wants you to do. Understand this. Don't be drunk with wine, because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves and making music to the Lord in your hearts. That it's not just when we gather corporately that we would be making music, but in our hearts, the way that we would live our lives. Verse 20, and give thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And furthermore, submit to one another. Yeah. And furthermore, to one another, that we need to do this. Man, some of us, that's a hard word, isn't it? Submit to one another. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. You guys look depressed already. <laughs> this one is tough. This one gets a bad rap. That when I think about this idea of submit to one another. When, when I think about this, we have a strange, a very strained relationship with submit. We do. It, it's strange and it's strained. And, and, and this, this is, we're not people that we go, I don't like that submit. We love submit when we have minions underneath us. It, it, it's, it's when we go, oh, wait, there's somebody who's wanting me to submit to them. But what we're going to look at, what we're going to explore, it, it's not simply a, a hierarchy model. It's not that, that that falls into place at times, but it's not just a, a hierarchy model that, that we need to understand what is this, where is it coming from, and, and what are we supposed to do with this? That when we look at this, this original word in, in, in the Greek language, hupotasso, when we look at this, it it's always relates to submitting to God-given authority. And yet we're told that we should submit to one another, that we should submit to each other. That there's not a caveat that says when somebody has more authority than you submit to them, it's that we would submit to one another. And yes, we do have a strange and strained relationship with this. In fact, I've got something to, to show you just how much we can struggle at times with submitting. Yeah. Some of you guys had some submitting issues coming to church today already. Hopefully it wasn't once you got in the parking lot. <laughs> but we do. We, we, we have a, a difficult time with this. With this whole submit thing. And so we're going to illustrate this a little bit better. Right? See, see we've all been here. Did anyone of us drive? We have been here. And, and what happens is that when, when there is this merge that's taking place, somebody needs to be able to go first. Somebody needs to be able to go second. Because if they don't, It crashes, and, and, and it's not good, and it's not pretty, but you know what? This doesn't just happen on the road. It happens in our lives. That, that, that we struggle at times 
with, with submitting, the, the, the merge that, that we need to do. And there, there, there's times that, that we just need to kind of slow down or step back and let somebody else come. That there's going to be times that, that with what we've got going on in life, it's kind of like looking over, can, can I go? Can I go this time? And, and, and we need to do this, and it takes great communication, and it takes great love to be able to do this well inside of relationships without destroying relationships. In fact, some people, some people are convinced the only thing in our Bible about submitting is wives submit to husbands. And they think that some people, they're just convinced that's the only thing that Scripture addresses when it comes to submit. I will tell you that's in there. And it comes just a few verses after what we're reading. And we're not going to get there. But I want you to know this. If you were to go and take and read that section, which actually starts in Ephesians 5, verse 21, that whole section, it starts with this idea. Submit to one another. That that gets shared before there's ever anything talked about wives submit to husbands. It, it, that when that gets said, it's, it's a reinforcing of what's already been said. What's already been said is submit to one another. And this is what we need to do. And, and there's great value that comes with this. And, and I hope that, that you won't tune out on me because of this subject. I hope that, that something in your life that, that's happened and it's been difficult for you, that, that you don't go, okay, I, that's it. No, I, I, don't, I don't even want to hear this. I hope that for you, you're not here for the very first time. Maybe you stepped into church for the very first time in a very long time. And you're like, going, oh, great, of all times. For me to try church, it's submit. I think if we will look at this with an open heart, we're going to find that this could have been one of the best lessons any of us could ever hear. That if we would live this out, if we would apply this out. Just a, a quick, uh, I'm, I'm going to confess my, my, my father's sins. He's not here today, so... He's in, he's in Mexico on vacation. He's normally here, so I get, to, I get to confess this. So when I was a kid growing up, and uh, we would be in these situations or somebody would just kind of change lanes, and, and he would be there, and, and they would change, and he felt like they, they were going to cause an accident or they were cutting him off. He said this countless times while I was growing up. One of these days. That's what he said. Some, some of you guys are probably already, you know exactly where this is going. Maybe yours was a little bit different. This is how my dad's was. One of these days, I'm going to buy me an old pickup truck, right? Because he's like going, well, this is, this is kind of a nice car. I can't let anything happen to it, so i got to get out of the way. But one of these days, I'm going to buy me an old pickup truck, and I'm just going to stay and hold myself, and they're just going to plow right into me. Is it, is this, we, we've all felt that. I, I've just never said it, right? Because I, I heard it enough that I'm like going, I don't want my kids to hear my thoughts, so I'm just not going to say it, right? Because it's out there. Here's another one that's kind of interesting when it comes to this whole submit thing. That if you're a parent and you're trying to get your kid to do something and they've got a little bit of resistance and sometimes they might even bring up that three-letter word. It's the longest three-letter word in our dictionary. Why? You know, and they do. They ask why. And, and, and you know what we do as parents? We respond like this. It's because I love you. 
but it often comes out because I said so. Right? And, and, and we, do, we, we, just, we just push this out there. It's this whole, because I said so. You know what we're doing? We're, we're saying, you need to submit. I'm in authority. You need to submit. It's because I said so. And, and when you're the one with all the authority, that works great for you. Not so much for the others. And we never outgrow that, right? We, we don't reach a point where somebody above us says, because I said so, and we go, oh, kind of like when I tell my kids that. Okay, great, thank you. <laughs> we don't do that. We, we have a hard time with this. Let me share with this, two big thoughts here. Submission has nothing to do with equality. See, some of us, we, we, we push back against it because we, we think that it's about this, this sense of inequality. It has nothing to do with equality. That when I think about Jesus, that, that we have the Trinity of God, that God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. I don't think Jesus is in heaven pouting. I wanted to be the Father. Why can't I be the Father? I want to be God the Father. I, I want them to pray to me that way. He's not, he's not pouting that way. He's okay with being the Son. And the Holy Spirit's okay with being the Holy Spirit. And yet, we, we look at this, and, and, and God the Father is the headship of God. And then you have God the Son, you have God the Spirit. And, and headship, it, it has nothing to do with this equality piece. That, that men, women, we are equal in God's eyes. And we should submit to one another. Submission has nothing to do with your worth. It has nothing to do with your worth. It's not like that you look at somebody and go, oh, because you're asking, do you think you're worth more than I am? It has nothing to do with worth. And our worth and our net worth are two totally different things. We should never confuse our worth and our net worth. Ever. That when we get these things confused, it just makes life even harder. And yes, sometimes there is going to be some, some authority and some, some hierarchy. And that we have somebody above us that's directing us and telling us what we need to do, when we need to do, and how we need to do it. And we need to be willing to submit to this authority. It's why when we look at all of this and we look at the relationships we deal with, that, that we're instructed to submit to one another. So let's look at verse 21 again because there's a little bit more to it. And further, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. So just in case anybody out there is going, well, why should I do that, Well, Why should I submit? It's out of reverence for Christ. And we're going to take some time. We're going to look at how Jesus did some submitting. When I think about submitting, submission, or what, what this is, I, I heard it put this way before, and I, and I think it's a brilliant way to think about submission. That submission, it's the, it's the lubrication in relationships. 
Submission is the lubrication in relationships. And if there's only one submitting in that relationship, then one's going to get stuck. But when two are submitting to each other in a relationship, then, then they're both providing the lubrication for each other that that relationship needs. See, submission is, is a really good thing when it's not abused, when it's in this sense of that we're doing this to each other, for each other, when it comes to the way that we submit. So let's just look at a perspective on submission. This perspective that's going to kind of allow us to see a bigger, broader picture of this whole idea of submitting. And so Jesus was subject to his parents. The son of God, who is God himself, was subject to his parents. Jesus left heaven, came to earth, and submitted himself to his parents. Look at this, Luke chapter 2, verse 51. Then he returned to Nazareth, that's Jesus, with them, his parents, and was obedient to them. And his mother stored all these things in her heart. And he's talking about the, the fact that he was coming in and he was, he was sharing some things and people were just kind of listening and they're going, wait, we're supposed to be the teacher, but yet this boy, who's probably about 12 years old, that he's sharing, and she just does, she stores all this in her And she knows he's the son of God, but yet he chooses to submit himself to a human parent. As we look more at this perspective, that demons were subject to the disciples. They were, they were subject to the disciples. Look at this with me in Luke again, Luke 10, verse 17. And when the 72 disciples, some of you guys are thinking, wait, wasn't there only 12? Well, the disciple is a student. And so somebody who's being instructed by a rabbi, a teacher. And so Jesus had the 12 that we often refer to, but he had others as well. And so this is an example of that. When the 72 disciples returned, they joyfully reported to him, Lord, even the demons obey us when we use your name. Because see, the, the demons were subject to the disciples. They submitted, they, they actually didn't have a choice when they're using Jesus' name and they're believing in that. Here's a third piece. Citizens are subject to government authorities. That's a tough one for some of us. It's probably a tough one for all of us if we look at specific occasions. But, but we are. We are to be subject of the government authorities. In Romans chapter 13, verse 1, everyone must submit to governing authorities. For all authority comes from God, and those in positions of authorities have been placed there by God. That is one of those fascinating passages of Scripture for me. Because I can think of some people historically and going, why were they ever given authority? When you look at a Stalin or you look at a Hitler and you're going, how? And we look at this and we go, hey, all authority comes from God. And so it's, it's tough. And, and, and there are times when we have to look at the whole of Scripture and go, I, I can't go there, I can't do that because that goes against 
But whenever it's not going against, it's just going against your, your preferences. So we need to submit to these governing authorities. Another piece of perspective is the universe is subject to Jesus. And I'm not talking about the people in the universe, the people in the planet. I'm talking about the whole universe, the whole sphere. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 27, for the scriptures say, God has put all things under his authority. And he's talking about Jesus. Of course, when it says all things under his authority, that, that, that does not include God himself who gave Christ his authority. See that Jesus is subject to, to God's authority, we're going to say. And so that's our next one is Jesus is subject to God the Father. So again, in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 28. Then when all the things are under his authority, the Son will put himself under God's authority. So that God, who gave his Son authority over all things, will be utterly supreme over everything, everywhere. And see, spiritually, we, we should submit to God the Father. We should submit to Jesus the Son. We should submit to the Holy Spirit of God. That, that we should do this. One, one of the ways that, that we should be doing this is we should take our Bible and, and we should let that be the authority over our life. It, it's when we grow and we mature as Christ followers that we see that we go, I'm going to submit myself to the instructions of God's Word. There, there's various ways that as we grow in our faith, that we keep learning, oh, I need to submit here. You know what? One of, the, one of the next steps that we encourage a new believer to take is to get baptized. That, that, that getting baptized, it's, it's one of those ways that we're submitting ourselves to the authority of God. That, that when, we, when we pray, we ask God to be our Savior. When we do that, we're saying, hey, I need you and I'm depending on you for, for what you have for me. You have forgiveness for me. You have restoration for me. You have a promise of heaven for me. Thank you. I, I want that. But when we begin to submit ourselves to our Heavenly Father, to Jesus our Savior, when we begin to submit ourselves, it's us going, I am grateful for who you are and what you're doing, and I trust and I'm going to follow you. And when we get baptized, it's one of the things we just see in Scripture that every time we look at it in Scripture, what we see is that people get baptized after they've made a decision to follow Christ. Maybe some of you, you were baptized as an infant. It wasn't your choice. And, and you had a godparent. You had a grandparent. You had a parent that says, hey, I want this for you. And that's great. But, but if you've chosen to follow Christ since then, then baptism would be a way now for you to complete what somebody else started in you. Maybe you didn't have that experience and you've never been baptized. But, but you put your faith, your hope, your trust in Jesus. That when you get baptized, and we do it by immersion, we just dip you down in. That's just the way they did it in our Bible times, so that's what we do. Again, it's just you bury your old self, and you submit that. You say, God, I don't want to be my old self. And you come back up to this newness, and we want to be new in Christ, and we want to live to follow him. And we're going to be baptizing the first weekend in March. And so if you're somebody that you haven't been baptized, and you're going, you know what, it's time for me to do I do believe. And so I want to follow through, and I want to take that next step. 
then I'd love for you to do that. You can go to our events page on our website to check that out. You can stop by our Next Steps booth. You can look in the connection, get the details of what you need to do to sign up for that. But we would love to have you do that and experience believers' baptism. Well, it's interesting because without Jesus submitting to God, we would be hopeless. We would. But, but he did. He, he submitted himself to God the Father. And when he did that, he brought us hope. Look at this with me in Philippians, starting in chapter 2, verse 1. Is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ? Any comfort from his love? Any fellowship together in the Spirit? Are your hearts tender and compassionate? Then make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another, working together with one mind and purpose. That Paul, who's writing this, he's writing it to the believers of Philippi, and he's just encouraging them and sharing with them. Verse 3 says, don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. He would submit. And I think that when Jesus came to earth, even though he had all the power and all the authority, and he could have forced anyone to submit to him any way he wanted to. He knew that wouldn't be best. So it's not how he did it. In fact, Jesus knew power is a limited way to gain submission. It is. It's, it's a limited way. It, it, it can work for a moment. Parents, I'll just remind you of how this happens, okay? When, when, when your child does something that, that you've told them not to before, and, and they've known, and they do it, and, and, and you address that with them, and you'll get stern with them at times, and, and, and you'll tell them what they need to do, and, and you tell them how they need to do it, and so they start to walk away to go do it. And then they talk to them about this, and they start mumbling. They start mumbling instantly, Right? That, that, okay, you're, you're forcing me to submit, but as soon as I can get far enough away that I don't think you're going to force me to submit anymore, I'm going to do something against what your power is. See, power, it's, it's a limited way to gain submission. And it can happen. And, and people will exercise their, and people will be bigger and stronger, and, and, and they'll do it. But it can only last so long because it is limited and has a limited approach. Verse seven, talking about Jesus instead. He gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. He humbled himself. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. Why did Jesus do that? Because he had, he had the authority, he had the power. 
that at any moment he could have called for the angels to come in and, and intervene and change. At any moment, he, he could have flexed. It's interesting, as, as they come to arrest Jesus in, in the middle of the night in the, in the garden where he's praying, as they come to arrest him, what ends up happening when they say, they, hey, I'm looking for you, and he says, I am? They all just topple over physically. As soon as you, he was, it was, it was just this sense of, hey, I want you to know that I still have power right now. And he responds, I, and, and they, they just all fall down. And then from there, he just let them take him. He had the power. But he chose to submit himself to your and my need. Because we can't pay for our own sin. And he could. And he did. And so he submitted himself to the Father on our behalf so that you and I would be better off for all of eternity and even in this lifetime. So yes, Jesus knew power is a limited way to gain submission. And Jesus knew that love is a lasting way to gain submission. It's a lasting way. That, that, that when our kids understand how much we love them, even when we're having to get after them and in a stern moment, oftentimes it won't lead to a big rebellion. Because we're doing plenty of other things that, that we're showing them just how much we love and care for them and cherish them. But we still have to be that authoritarian in their life. And when we're doing a good job of, of loving them, Love is this lasting way. It lasts to gain submission. It's the love that, that we would have for others that does the same thing. That if you find yourself being somebody who you're in authority over others, don't just rely on your positional authority. But love on them. Love them. And when you do it this way, it, it, it changes the way people see and the way that they will respond. Continuing on in Philippians chapter 2, verse 9. Therefore, God elevated him, Jesus, to the place of highest honor, and he gave him the name above all other names, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, i.e., Submit in heaven and on earth and under earth. And every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. See, Jesus knew power. It's a limited way to gain submission. And he knew that love is a lasting way to gain submission. So I've got a question for you. And you're going to have to think about what you are going to do when it comes to submitting. And that you're going to have to make a choice. 
And so here's the question that I want to leave you with. If you haven't taken any other notes, this is the one note I would love for you to take. Whether you're just going to pull your phone out and take a snapshot of what we're going to put on the screen, whether you're going to write it down. But this is it, because this is what I want you to go away and chew on and figure out what you are going to do. Here's the question. Which way are you trying to get others to submit to you? By power or love? That's the question. Which way are you trying to get others to submit to you? By power or love? Love is the lasting way. Let's pray. God, I pray that you would just really open our minds, our, our hearts, to understand that, that, that when there are people that submit to one another, it really is the, the lubrication in the relationship. And that, that, that we would be people that we would learn and grow. Maybe where we've been resistant to, to submit to another, that, that we would grow in this area. We would do it out of our reverence for you, Christ, because of what you did for us. And maybe if there's somebody in here that they don't really know you, Jesus, they've not trusted you as their Savior. God, as they hear about how we are better off and how relationships are better off when we submit, I pray that you would even use this, a lesson on submitting to one another to draw people to you. Jesus, it's in your name we pray. Amen.